Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it, love it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play, because that's where we are. And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy podcast. I don't know why I always get tripped up on that word. Uh, I'm Jenny. And I'm Allie. And today we're going to do kind of a different, you know, different from what we normally do. <laughs> we're just doing a Riverdale fan cast now. Yeah, no, uh, we just, we're recording, but just off, offline, Jenny and I just probably spent like 20 minutes talking yeah. about Riverdale. <laughs> Recap, catching up on all of it. Um, <laughs> but that is not what we're here to talk about today. No, it's not. We're going to still talk about Buffy, but, you know, kind of because I think for a lot of reasons, our own schedules not being the least of it, we wanted to do kind of like a end cap to seasons one through three, like the high school years before we get into everything that comes next. Um, I do feel like it's a very distinct break in the show, not break. uh, I don't want to say distinct break, but I think that it's, you can easily separate the high school years from the rest of the show. And like the themes are going to change the characters are going to change, and I, I feel like it is worth kind of stopping and taking stop, taking taking a look at where we're at now, and also just reminiscing. I think these it are- is different because like you have this iconic set of the high school right. that well iconic to me anyway that is gone, and you know every you know image that becomes indelible to the series of like Giles's library, the student mm-hmm. lounge, like the lockers, like that's all gone, and not to mention like the defining romantic relationship of this show is officially considered done. Right. Um, You know, Angel has moved on to his own starring role. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a couple other love interests come in for Buffy through the first three seasons. But, you know, we're going to move into the first time where she seriously has other contenders. And, you know, removing that element from Buffy, like, you can kind of see the effect on the character Mm -hmm. when she's not dealing with Angel all the time. Like, it is very different. And, like, her friends go through their own journeys. We meet new people and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, lose others. Like, Cordelia heads off with Angel. And, you know, Giles is kind of, like, he's not the librarian, you know. They go Mm -hmm. to him now because they want... I mean, like, it is a very different... Not a different show, obviously, but... yeah. But I think you're right when you said, like, the themes that we're trying to tackle and explore. In and, like, some in ways, some, I think, like, yeah. the mission statement of the show gets a little bit muddied because... Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say, is that you're as much as you're talking about, not only is the central romance that basically the first three seasons have revolved around, that's gone, but also, you know, I think that the uh, least original intent of the show is, like, this is all of your high school emotional demons, Mm -hmm. except that they're manifested as something physical. But like, it's really is more often than not focused on things that are not exclusive to adolescence, but like certainly heightened when you're a teenager. And so like now that they're not structure of high school. Well, exactly. And so like not only we're breaking out of that structure a lot. I think that a lot of themes from the later seasons are a lot more about adulthood than they are about adolescence. Again, not to say that there's not, obviously tons of overlap like it's not like emotions change completely from the time you're a teenager to the time you're adult but like I do feel like the 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 whole thing is definitely going to shift 
Yeah, and yeah. I do think that it's 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 a rough start. <laughs> well, it is, but I think also part of it is you know the fourth season especially they really mm-hmm. try to dig into the college environment with varying degrees of success, mm-hmm. and then basically abandon that after season four. Whereas right. in the first three seasons we have three seasons about the high school experience, and you know I've read a lot of stuff about how you know you can find countless examples of shows about high schoolers. And, and a few examples where they extend well into adulthood. I mean, like 90210, they went mm-hmm. straight from high school all the way, way past college. Um, but, you know, you kind of lose your audience as you do that. And if right. you, for if in a show like, say, Undeclared, where you're coming in trying to do the college experience, doesn't always track as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that theory of, like, everyone pretty much has, as different as the specifics may be, the experience more, yeah. of high school, going to like a public high school, even sure, it's, it's a lot more universal than can, going to yeah, college. Yeah, it's a universal yeah. experience. Like everyone can basically identify with something. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. there's so many different universities and so many different types of colleges, and right? Like college experiences, depending on I what think, you study and depending yeah. on how close to home you are. That is and I think a lot also like variables. depending on what you want out of it. And I think right. because that is so individualized mm-hmm. versus high school, where especially if you're going to like a public school, like right. I mean, obviously there have been teen shows about private schools, but even those, I mean, like high school is not something that you choose, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's something that you do, whereas college is like, probably there's even fewer people that might even relate to that because like you get all the people who didn't even go to college. So, um, I do think it becomes a different thing that you're watching. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I think the initial premise of this was high school is hell. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, college as hell really doesn't have the same, like, resonance No, because I think most people yeah. might look down, like, uh, maybe not with particular joy at their high school years, but right. probably a lot of fondness for college. So right, right. It's a I little think bit different. often that's the case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't really talk to anyone that I went to high school with, but I mm-hmm. talk daily with people that I went to college with. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're very different experiences. Yeah. Um, and... In some ways, I am looking forward to that aspect of the show. And I think, again, kind of like, you know, every everything like this, when you revisit it, you're going to come to it with a different perspective because, like, you as a person keep changing. But I definitely feel myself getting older all the time. And it has... In, it needs to stop. In, in, in more re- <laughs> but in more recent rewatches of Buffy, I have connected more to the material in the later seasons that was definitely not as relatable to me when I was 20. Right. Um, so I am. I do think that it'll be... It's in, it'll be interesting to kind of talk about all these things, you know, but, but I am going to miss the, the kind of just more charming nostalgia of the high school yeah. years. Um, Simpler so times. What, what we thought we might do um, mm-hmm. in the interest of a senior yearbook of sorts <laughs> is do yeah. um, superlatives for the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone knows like the typical yearbook superlatives like mm-hmm. most, likely, most likely to succeed and like teacher's pet and mm-hmm. you know, class clown, all of those. Um, and we'll get to that, but I think first... I kind of want to, I mean, we did this at the, in our very first episode where we talked about, um, our favorite episodes, our favorite villains and mm-hmm. monsters of the week. And I, um, maybe want to try to go through that again for specifically for these three Just seasons. Just this three, yeah. And, and honestly, like, I'm a little curious to see if it's changed at all. Yeah. Um, although I, that would Some work better if not, I remembered certainly. what I said in the it's on. <laughs> it is on our website. <laughs> mm, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and I did. I kind of thought about the questions a little bit differently since we were limiting it to this. You know, I think one of 
but we can get into that, I guess. What I'm saying is that, like, when we talk about favorite episodes, obviously the finales of both seasons two and three are among my favorites in the whole run. But mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about it in terms of, like, oh, when we're having this conversation today, I don't... Those were not my choices, I guess, is what I'm saying. But not because they're not my ultimately my favorites, more so because I feel like I've covered that a lot. And I was kind of thinking about, like, outside of that, what are the things that I really enjoyed? Yeah. So, um, okay, we'll start, we'll start broadly then, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Of the three, what was your favorite season? <laughs> uh, three. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I would the, agree with that um, because I think as a whole it's stronger. Yeah. Like I think season two has an excellent second half. Yeah. But it takes a little while to get going. Though I do feel like when we got to the end of season three, I was kind of looking back on the end of season two with even more fondness than I ever felt. It is yes. a really cool, good second half of the season. I think you're right. I, it just has so many more flubs scattered throughout it in a way that season three almost has no bad episodes. Yeah, I think if I had to pick my favorite run of episodes, mm-hmm. I would say the back half of season two into the first half of season three. Yeah. Because, like, that that 22-episode string was, yeah. I mean, on fire. Like, they just had it down. Yeah. You but know? it just, like, in season three, there just are no monster of the weeks that are, like, laughable you know they're all good and interesting well I so I don't know if I would really agree with that because I have one small caveat to that but I think generally I would agree with you what is your caveat well I I had something that I was calling most pointless villain (laughs) okay and I think it's not okay all right I'm very curious what your answer is here (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say the hellhounds for the prom and (laughs) and Tucker no because as fun as they are if you think about that episode and the the big story that they're trying to tell this is what kind of I thought about after the fact of our discussion was why are there why is there even a monster of the week in this I mean there's so much else going on like with Um, Angel breaking up with Buffy with the prom with the mayor stuff and all of this like why why do we even need a monster of the week in that episode I completely disagree with you (laughs) but not least of which because there is no more pointless villain in all of TV except for the annoying one like I'm sorry I would take Hellhounds every day (laughs) so you're definitely wrong (laughs) if not only for that reason he really but didn't serve any purpose other than to show up and anything. say, hi, Buffy, follow me. <laughs> and she was already on her way there. Yeah. We've covered this ground pretty extensively also, but he is definitely the most pointless villain. <laughs> okay. I, um, he's so pointless that I actually forgot about, forgot about his existence. <laughs> okay, I, will, I will cede that point to you. I in defense of the Hellhounds, I think it was important to the structure of that episode in that part of what they're trying to do, right, is prove to Buffy that who she is was still important to even the kids around her. And I think she did need uh, something small to save them from so that when... It, I think it helps land the end of that episode better. That she did make personal sacrifices in what she, all she wanted was a one perfect prom. And she had to repeatedly make choices that brought her further from that, that took her further away from that. And so I think that it was nice to have that. But I also think that again, like structurally, it can't be a really big, big bad because then she would need the help of all her friends. If it's just like a couple of dogs, like yeah, she can handle that. So I think that it makes a lot of sense. Okay. I, I might give that to you. Although if Buffy had suffered slightly more for it, I think Mm -hmm. I would buy it. Like she still showed up with perfect hair. She really needed to have a ponytail when she showed up because that was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) No creases in her hair. And this is before they invented those like ponytail holders with like, you know, that aren't supposed to give you creases in your hair. Mm -hmm. So 
Just, Ugh, dark times. Uh, maybe she was wearing a clip. This is not important, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, her hair really did bother me in that. I was like, I actually would have bought... If she had just, like, tied her hair up in a bun, like, sure, you could do that after you're, like, tussling with some hellhounds, but you can't yeah. put it straight, half up, half down like that. Yeah. It was teased and everything too much. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so... So we're going to we're going to kind of be in agreement that parts of 2 and parts of 3 we think mm-hmm. were really and I think we can legitimately agree that worst season was season 1. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think anybody's raising their hand in favor mm-hmm. of that one. No one um, that I've talked to. Yeah. What was your favorite episode of the run? I think So again, this is kind of with the caveat of like becoming is one and two was really, really great. And I really, really love graduation day one and two. So I feel like ultimately those are my favorite episodes, but, um, the answer that I chose is I only have eyes for you. (laughs) Yes. That was going to be mine too, because it's just, I think it is just the parallels. The metaphor is just perfect. Yeah. But also I think, you know, we talked about this when we were, when we discussed that episode, but it's also just such a perfect example of TV, like what you can do with TV specifically, you know, like we, we, again, like you're saying like, it is all these metaphors for these things, but they're things that wouldn't make sense if you hadn't been watching the whole show. So it's like different from a movie, but it was a good standalone thing, but it just had so many dramatic, it's kind of how I feel about, um, what we're obviously like way out from this, but kind of like the musical episode where it's like, it is this great gag, but it moves. So it's so important as like an actual episode as well, that it's like, it's doing more than just like, oh, this is a fun, you know, whatever. It's just, it yeah, goes so much you, deeper than what it could go. If you skip the musical go. because you don't like musicals, you're going to mm-hmm. miss some plot. Like, like really important plot. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess in this, it, anyway, but I mostly just think like, well, the more we talked about that, the more I think that is like a really technically great episode of TV in addition to one that is just like so emotional and like important to the, to that arc. And I think I would sort of second onto that one because I, I think that one up there is definitely up there for me but I also mm-hmm. think I would add Passion um, okay. which yeah. is the one where Miss Calendar is killed yeah. not because of the stupid voiceovers or the right. um, even the fact that she's killed but just the way it's like this breaking point for them right. because someone real to them important to them like the stakes become real mm-hmm. in that episode mm-hmm. and I think um, you know for me, that just makes it, like... And I think it's done really elegantly, really yeah. emotionally. Like, the impact is big. Right, right. Um, and and also, it has all these elements of, like, horror and... Right. Um, even the lightheartedness that the show can kind of also be known for. I think it really hits those beats really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I think if I had to, like, absolutely choose I Only Have Eyes for You is... I think it's, it's really, just it's a great. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah, let's just go watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then, what is out of these ones your least favorite episode? I or think you it, know I guess, the answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I feel like we hemmed and hawed about a couple of these. I'm uh, okay. It's. I want to say I robot you, Jane, just because I feel like that's the like correct answer. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure that, you know, I could also throw in like uh, some assembly required or uh, what's the other one with the the mantis the one. Frat teacher's party. pet is the yeah, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, teacher's pet is bad too. Oh, that frat party is reptile. The frat boy. party. I mean, I think there's a few duds in here generally. I think, um, and I think the real <clears throat> reason the I Robot You Jane 
is so terrible in retrospect to me is like as bad as some of those other episodes are I Robot You Jane also suffers from the fact that it has not it's aged just so well. dated. <laughs> yeah. Because we're talking about true. like yeah. ridiculously primitive computer technology. Yeah. And but also you know like what? it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's so funny though, because again, like when we talked about that episode, I like talked myself into enjoying it. And it's also <laughs> like it's so campy and and bad that I like I had I enjoyed watching it. Even though it is I, I I know that you're right and that that is objectively the worst episode, but when I push come to shove, I decided that Teacher's Pet was my least favorite. I think also because you and I have had this conversation a lot of like, this uh, is just such an overuse, <laughs> partially when we were talking about Riverdale, but like that particular trope is one that I find to be, I just, it, it almost never is worthwhile maybe never has been worthwhile. So like that, that storyline, no, I'm talking about the, about teacher's pet. Oh, oh the, like, okay. I, sorry. Oh, I didn't realize we had two Sorry. Episodes. No, I jumped over. <laughs> sorry. 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 Anyway, I just feel like that one to me is like more, it's also dated in a bad way, but in a worse way. Well, actually I will give that to you purely on the basis of a teacher student relationship. Exactly. It's Going like, I never to needed to see that. 20 yeah. minutes ago, our uh, Riverdale discussion, yeah. you know, like I think one of the things I hated the most about the first few episodes I of Riverdale it. was it's like, the fact, yeah. like, I'm like, who, who is writing television today and still thinks I know what we'll do. We'll make a really sexy, edgy teen yeah. show and what we're really going to do to set us apart is we're going to have the male lead yeah in a relationship with the <laughs> exactly. teacher and it's like, it happened in every single cw show ever since the beginning of seriously CW. it's like i'm sorry am i watching gossip girl am i watching exactly. dawson's creek exactly. am i watching already pretty it. little liars am i i mean mm-hmm. like literally this thing is this trope is done to death and it's always uncomfortable to watch because it in is. real life everyone would be like you're committing a crime yeah and I guess you're it, basically <laughs> committing sexual assault and molestation against this child because the gender, the not gender, right, but the it, power dynamics are so out of whack that yeah. a student could never give proper consent. I guess to Buffy's credit, she is actually the monster of the week. <laughs> yes, I think <laughs> that is, is the no one hemming thing. and hawing ultimately about it. And but. I think that, like, as much as Xander would like to think, like, oh, my teacher's into me, the show is never on the side of, right, like, right. this you is know a good thing. And I think yeah. going back to Riverdale... They did make Question. that argument, and I think that was good. But it was also like, why do you need to make this in the first place? Why is this still a, a thing yeah, in pop yeah. culture that exists? And you're right. I think going back and watching an example of this from 20 years ago. It's like it was tired then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I, I have to, we have to move on because I'm about to full-on pivot into Riverdale. But, <laughs> but so I'm going to say that I agree that I think we can, I'm, for this discussion alone, I'm going to change my answer. I'm okay. going to say teacher's pet because yeah. I'm really mad now. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Mm. Okay. So we went, okay. So what about uh, worst big bad? Oh, I had only been thinking about them in terms of like monster of the week villains, not big. Oh, I mean, never mind, because I, I know my answer. I mean, the worst, big, the worst big bad, bad is by far the master. Yeah, um, and he really had so much potential. They just they didn't have the time and they didn't have the experience to just set it up well. And it's kind of a shame because I think in another universe he could have been a really great bad, big bad, especially for her first one. Um, but you know, he just really never got the the time on screen. To, yeah. to become involved in her life in a way that, made, know, that made you care at all. I wonder if that was a result of they were really just trying everything that they could think of in mm-hmm. that first season or 
you know, is this some unknown history of the making of Buffy? Like, did the actor who played the master have weird scheduling conflicts Interesting. or something? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's an odd choice. Like, as big a villain and as important as he was supposed to be, mm-hmm. he was in a surprisingly few number of episodes. And never above ground until the yeah. finale. Which I think is the biggest mistake. I wonder, too, if that, if part of that is something that they kind of wrote themselves into a corner about being like, Maybe. well, if he's out in the street, then why would she ever be fighting other villains? And so then they were like, I know, he'll be trapped underground. But then it was like, well, now he's trapped underground and she can't interact with him at all. I mean, maybe that is what really sets him apart detrimentally from mm-hmm. the other two is, you know, she never interacted with him. She knew of him through the Harvest and mm-hmm. Darla and all of this and Angel, but... Um, she never met him until he killed her. Yeah. And that does kind of take away, like, any real stakes because, like, they have no history. Right. Whereas when she fights Angel, when she fights the mayor, they do have history. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, On the flip side of that, I think I would split my vote on the favorite and best. I think think the best big bad was Angelus. I kind of think think you're right. My favorite was the mayor. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. I mean, the mayor is just so much fun to watch. Like, he's just so... Yeah, like, I... Everything about him is engaging and entertaining. And that's, like, a very different... And I think a lot of that has to do with the actor. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it also has to do with, again, like, they're just so much better at writing great episodes now that he just comes across much better. But I think that you're right, ultimately, that, like, Angelus is a much, like... It's more surprising. It's more dramatic. And it is traumatizing you know it just goes a lot further yeah I mean like for the story for the character yeah it's it's great writing it's compelling it delivers this emotional punch that Mm -hmm. you know you don't expect because you're building up this relationship where Angel is like no he's a vampire with a heart of gold and then and then he turns and then he's like also but also I think it wouldn't have worked as well had the character of Angelus not been so awesome mm-hmm. yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean as that, much as, as terrible as he is like you it's not like you're rooting for him but he's certainly fun to watch well and I think that it, another example of like David Boreanaz kind of coming into his own helped sell that that plot line a lot better you know right. he if it had been him in season one it would have probably been torturous to watch so yeah. I feel like and I think if we're he did bring at, a like, lot to it yeah, and I think if we're looking at, like, the impact on the story, then, mm-hmm. like, he is the best villain that she faced in these first I think you're years. Right. But yeah. I think in terms of my enjoyment of watching right. it, like, uh, the mayor claiming that these demonic spiders are giving him tons of fiber exactly. is, like, the best thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like, like, you just can't write a better line than that. <laughs> no, or, like, you know, any of his little quirks or, you know, he was just mm-hmm. a fun character, and they clearly had a blast, you know, working with him. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's... You know, yeah, I think it's fair to split my vote in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't um, know if I had any other. Well, did you have a favorite monster of the week, like a not big bad? <sighs> oh shoot! I picked one, but I I don't think I th- gave it all the thought that it needed. <laughs> what was yours? I I ended up picking Dare Kinderstone. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I think mean, he's just he's a really like. It's just creepy. It's a pretty good episode. You know, there, I think we found a lot of plot holes in that episode, but I think yeah. otherwise it is a good story. And um, he's just so scary in yeah. a way that is fun. You know, I think that he's kind of up there with the gentleman in terms of like character design of being something that just could really haunt your nightmares. Yeah. So I, I have an answer for you, but it might be cheating. Okay. I'm going to say Anya. No, that's not. Well, 
it's not cheating in the context of the conversation of, the of seasons week, one like through three. She came yeah. back, but yeah. but I also just I, she's love, a minor minor villain is really what I meant. She is a minor villain, but I also think I do like what she did with her monster of the week mm-hmm. story. Like I think the yeah. wish is a great episode too. Yeah. And um, that's true. You know, so if I want to go for like an enjoyable one, I guess Ted. Oh, Ted is so good too. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of that is fair. less to do with the way Ted is written and almost all to do with to John, do with John Ritter. Ritter. So um, that's it, tough. They did write a charming story out of John Ritter's presence. You it's know? a charming horror it, it, story. It, it I is a good episode. Yeah, yeah, and he. Yeah, no, you're right. He's another really yeah. good choice. Um, so I know my answer for the back half of Buffy, but okay. what is your what is your creepiest villain for the first? Oh. Three? <laughs> Yeah, I know my answer for the back half also. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get to that episode. Oh, um, no. I, I, like, I literally just shivered. I like, was just thinking about how many Instagram posts can I do with the same oh, picture. No. I'm going to... You better not make them with any sound because... <laughs> oh, God. Um... You know, oh, you know that you know that feeling question. you get when you like run your fingers on the chalkboard. Yeah, like my yeah, whole body is so having like, that reaction right now. Totally. Oh my god, it's a good question. I don't have an answer. Can I hear your? Can I hear yours? I have to think about I, it. Mine should be pretty obvious. It's he wasn't the villain per se, but he was closely tied in with the villain. And I'm gonna say Sid the dummy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him so much though. He didn't <laughs> creep me out enough. No. Oh, he was creepy. No, no, no. I think maybe the dead kids, too. Yeah. Yeah. The little gingerbread kids, you mean? Yeah. They're pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I maintained Kinderstone is pretty creepy. He was pretty creepy, too. When he opens up his eyes into little teeth eyes, that's pretty bad. Uh And also the way he, like, walks by the window. Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. He's very skulky. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's very impressive to me about the show is that as lighthearted as it can be and as a much it's mm-hmm. as much as they've rooted it in characters like it is legitimately creepy yeah at times not yeah. always but often well and i think you know again one of the things that we discovered kind of going through these first three seasons and i think that this is going to be less true in the the latter half of the show but there are a lot of episodes that were basically mini horror movies yeah and i i really do like that i kind of wish that they would do that more in the later ones but i think they get tied into kind of just the bigger arcs and don't do as much in that way. It almost makes me feel like I, I would wonder enjoy if I'm just watching for... horror, except I know yeah, that you that's would. not true. You totally would. You no. wouldn't. The you reason wouldn't I like all. Buffy is it's, it's horror light. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want to get into your senior superlatives? Yes. Yeah, so... I, I don't have an answer for one of... Well, that's not true. Okay. So I want to clarify the rules and maybe... But like, hopefully you were operating on similar things where I think earlier today I was kind of saying like, maybe I would go off of like the demons and the big bads, but mm-hmm. I kind of did a mix of like, I don't really have that many co- demons or big bads. Well, that's okay. Bads. Because okay. like, I think it's obviously like I was going through this list and I was like, I wanted to put like the same two people for like everything. I mean, I, I wanted like, to answer Spike for all of them, but. I mean, you could. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but. Okay. Um, okay, so we've got 10 categories mm-hmm. of our Sunnydale High School yearbook, mm-hmm. um, hopefully signed by all your favorite friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't let Harmony sign mine, though. So. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're such a willow. I am. Um, 
Okay, so first up, I have most changed. Mm-hmm. And I guess it would be like most changed since sophomore year because technically we didn't know these people in freshman year. Freshman year. year. So um, that's funny because actually while we were talking, I changed my answer to this one. Okay, what did you put? I actually want to say Angel. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Well, great. Because I, <laughs> I think, no, well, I have kind of a, an either or, but mostly I said Angel because I think from the character perspective, and we've talked about this in the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, like he did turn into a totally different person and I'm just so proud of seeing how he went from like skulky nobody to like action hero you know it is fun it was fun I I like him in graduation day so much being a actual hero yeah Yeah. I think that that is it's a really fun change to watch and one thing you don't really see coming either I think again because like the way that season two goes you know he's also most changed in season two for completely different reasons but I think not knowing how he was going to really work into season three, I think that they ultimately gave him a really great path, Mm -hmm. you know, into his own show where I want him to have his own show because I want to explore more. I want this character to live on further. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's all right. Like, you know, he just, as from care, like he actually exhibited character growth, Mm -hmm. which is rare on television. Mm -hmm. Um, But from a physical perspective, I also, as a runner up, (laughs) I said, Marcy, (laughs) Okay. The, the invisible girl. Okay. Because okay. technically she did change a lot. The, a lot, she yeah. <laughs> turned invisible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think um, Willow is another good contender. She is, but I would also um, argue that Willow didn't change that much in that's high true. school. Like she still, I think that was one of the best things about Willow was she throughout all of this kind of retained Has her essential Willowness. I guess I just think she's gotten even more comfortable with herself, even though yes. she never, you're right, that none of her core personality or even her demeanor changes at all. But mm-hmm. I feel like she gets a little bit more confident in her interactions with other people. Yeah. But like by the end of it, Angel's like cracking a smile. So, right. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So best dressed. Uh-huh. You go first. I have um, Cordelia. Yeah. But a very specific outfit. I, oh, are her- we thinking the same outfit? It's her revenge outfit yes. from when, um, <laughs> after she gets impaled and she comes back mm-hmm. to campus, that, like, red leather, mm-hmm. like, corporate, like, mm-hmm. CEO look is, like, Charisma Carpenter like, just looks amazing CEO. It's like, in that. Yeah. And she's got dark, vampy lips. She does yes. look great. What I was mean, your it, answer? No, that was my answer. Oh, that was? Same, same outfit. I do have, <laughs> I also have an honorable mention for this one. Okay. And it's Spike and his duster. I was going to say that, too. That was what I was thinking about, how I wanted Spike to be the answer to all of these. I was like, I yeah, know. also because he's dressed the coolest. I have him as, like, a runner-up in a lot of yeah. these things. because well, like, best hit. But, like, yeah. honestly, that entire first... I mean, Buffy usually looks pretty good, but also has, like, some weird quirk or something. Mm-hmm. But I think Charisma Carpenter gets out of the car... And, like, Mm -hmm. everything about that outfit is, like, just awesome. And I think, in general, she was among the better, you know, it's part of her character to be well-dressed. Not to say that she didn't step into some faux pas, but, yeah. Season one, I can't give her. I can't get, yeah. Like, chartreuse pants, I I just can't. No, it's just so 90s, though. (laughs) I was surprised. I thought you were going to say Faith and her glitter jeans. Oh, no. I did want (laughs) to also say Faith, but she, no. She doesn't do anything for her. I mean, I like her look, but it's not. You, she would never qualify for best dress. No, exactly. Yeah, she's more, not more like breaking like new least, ground with her least effort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she might qualify for like best lipstick game though. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, who do you have for most likely to succeed? Okay, so this might be a surprising answer because uh-huh. she didn't really succeed. Oh my god! But it's more based on personality. Okay. <laughs> I have Kendra. Oh, 
okay. Okay. I like that. I was worried that we were going to have the same answers all the way down. Okay. We finally don't. <laughs> but you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, I totally. Feel like no, I If agree. you looked at her in high school, you'd be like, she's, she's gonna going to totally places. go all the yeah. way. She just happened to get killed by Drusilla. Right. She's like, but she's really together. She's really yeah. like strong and she's smart. She studies mm-hmm. unlike Buffy. Yeah. yeah. I think she has a lot going for her. Yeah. Um, I also picked someone who met an untimely demise, so we're we're not till so far off. I picked Ms. Calendar. Okay. Because <laughs> I yeah, feel like no, she I... really was ahead of the curve on computers, and I think had she not been murdered, I think she would have really gone far, you know? Well, and she helped them with, you know, prophecy. Yeah, she was just so talented coming, and smart. Like, yeah, and, and I think one, she yeah. just got bogged down in, like, her personal history yeah and in a field where like it, it maybe in the 90s I feel like it probably was a little bit more open but like yeah I mean like there's not a ton of women in or you know there's historically fewer women in in these kinds of like technology fields and she was just so like with it she knew how mm-hmm. to code and everything yeah I think that's a good choice yeah <clears throat> I feel like Willow was the obvious answer there right. but like I exactly uh, who do you have for biggest flirt? I have Drusilla. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. So I have Angelus oh, slash Drusilla. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. I think they both were, but I think Angelus was a big flirt. He is. But like, Drusilla literally, cruel, flirt, but Drusilla would flirt with a rock if there was nothing else around. Like, she flirted, with Zan- she flirted with Zan, I guess, to admittedly, she was under a spell in that episode. But I just feel like literally every time she's interacting <laughs> with anybody, she's like trying to seduce them. I'm okay, like, right. so I'll give you but the win right. on this just for good, yeah. how do you feel about eternal life? <laughs> <laughs> but Angela's like his flirting with Drusilla, I mean, like, he You're gives right. her a heart. Yeah, like, yeah you know, totally. Yeah. But I couldn't, I really, I couldn't pick. I had to, I did the, like, the male-female split on that yeah. one. Because I was like, they're both, like, yeah. Um, okay, most likely to win an Oscar. Um, I have two, two answers to this one. Me too. Um, one is Giles, a.k.a. Oh. Anthony Stewart oh, Head. okay. I think this was something that I've seen other people say, so it's not fully my own idea, but he does get saddled with a lot of exposition as kind of, like, that's kind of part of his role, you know, to both the group and to the viewers of the show. And I feel like he mostly, he he just seems so professional and he really sells me on it a lot. And, you know, he has in-character moments of, like, really selling the hell out of some things. He does. I think he, yeah, I think he brings a lot to it. And I think among, you know, as opposed to all these other characters where it's like, okay, like, right, like, David Boreanaz, we watched him be really shitty and then get better. I think Anthony Stewart Head was always good. (laughs) So are you treating this from an actor perspective or a character perspective? I was treating it from an actor's perspective. Okay. Okay, so I thought about that when I was answering it, but okay, so sorry. No, so, don't apologize. Uh, I think that's like that's fair. Okay, so my second answer is the mayor because I think he also more than any okay. anyone, and again, not the mayor, the actor that plays the mayor, um, <laughs> added stuff to that character that would he wouldn't have been the same if someone else were doing it. Whereas, yeah. like, I think some of these other things, like I could picture someone else doing them. I can't picture anyone else doing that. I if guess I had I, to I could go if I tried hard enough, but. from an actor perspective, I think I would choose probably Giles again mm-hmm. um, or Anthony Stewart Head. Um, but from a character perspective, I gave it to Gwendolyn Post because oh, that's a great answer. She had them going for mm-hmm. most of the episode, and they didn't suspect that she was evil and going after the glove of Mitagon. Mm-hmm. And then I also split that with Angel for his acting chops. Oh, uh, with Faith. With Faith. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, those are also yeah. solid choices. And I, I think Angel is going to prove his acting ability multiple times 
over the shows. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That was a hard category. It is. Yeah. Um, who did you put for most athletic? The swim team. <laughs> uh, that's a good, okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> they might have been on steroids, but they yeah. were still <laughs> They athletic. were on demon steroids. <laughs> yeah. But I would also give Buffy an honorable mention for yeah. running up to I the mean, bell tower. Yeah. And also all of her athletic prowess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you say Buffy? Uh, I did not. I said uh, <laughs> the cheerleader who dances for the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> the one who bursts into flames. Yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> those are some deep cuts yeah <laughs> you went all the way back to season three i mean episode three mm-hmm. i like it yeah, yeah. we're great at this <laughs> um <laughs> so teacher's pet mm-hmm. i feel like there's an easy answer of course. i mean yeah willow is an easy answer for a lot of these i'm oh she wasn't my easy answer. oh okay well i went well, with kendra for teacher's pet I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She was definitely Giles' little, little mm-hmm. pet. Um, well, I think the easy answer for me was Xander <laughs> because Because uh, <laughs> he's the actual French. teacher's pet. All right. Touche. <laughs> but also I went with James from um, I Only Have Eyes for You. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because. Obvious reasons. He definitely was teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah. He might have then killed said teacher, but yeah. he got pretty close. Sure. Which, Okay. Here's a question for you, based on our previous angry discussion about I know, I was just pop culture, <laughs> Riverdale. Like, why are why, we? Why do like, we love that episode? We we went from calling Teacher's Pet the worst episode because of the student teacher trope to calling <laughs> I only have eyes for you the best episode because it also deals with that. But I think it's also because they I, use I that to. As like a launching pad, like it's not the whole focus. I agree. And I also don't think that it's being presented as something silly. Like it's like kind of like what you were saying, like in Dawson's Creek and in Riverdale, it really is something that it feels like the showrunners think they're being really edgy by showing this and trying to show you multiple sides of this story. That's clearly a messed up story. And I feel like in this, I mean, I guess there were also some like troubling dynamics in that episode, but I feel like it is still ultimately lands on, on the side of like, this is a tool that we're using to tell the story about Buffy and Angel not really it's not really about them but i also think that that particular story is treated as a tragedy yeah exactly not only because of the shooting but like no one's ever like how romantic it's like yeah. ew you know yeah. so okay yeah. i'm going to i'm going to allow us to be- <laughs> I, I do think that we're being hypocritical though <laughs> i don't know I, i'm going to uh, allow that we're not but okay. maybe some of our longtime viewers can weigh in mm-hmm. our viewers <laughs> listeners uh, uh, yeah, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we better not have any viewers. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm all no. like spun yeah. up in my head now about my hypocrisy. I know, me too. Um, okay, so best hair. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I obviously want to say Spike. I'm not going to. I actually think Joyce has wonderful hair. <laughs> I, she's got so a real unexpected thing choice. going. Yeah. <laughs> She is a woman who knows how to moisturize. Exactly. She looks great in this show. I I don't know. I like it. I dig it. Um, So I said Oz. Yeah. Oh, that's a good Because of his ever-changing color palette. Mm -hmm. He puts a lot of time and effort into it. His hair is only brown sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, Who did you say for most studious? Spike. Really? Oh, that is a great answer. 
Because he studies Buffy. He does. And he he's studies, the only yeah. vampire foe that she has that really takes the time to, like, understand what he's up against. <clears throat> yeah. That's funny because I had that thought when I was making this list and I, like, didn't quite make the leap. I just went with Willow because I had a secret yeah. in here somewhere and also, duh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, the, this last one mm-hmm. I had a really hard time with. I have a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who is your class clown? I said Oz. What? See, he is repeatedly, he is a non-showboat class clown, but he says some of the funniest lines in the whole show. Okay, I think I went along those same lines <laughs> as you in trying, because I was like, as much as Xander might have wanted that distinction at the prom, yeah, like, I mean, he's there not. wasn't like a class clown character. Really. No. Okay, so you said Oz uh-huh. because of all his non-sequiturs his great and one-liners. one-liners yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would almost give him that just for his internal monologue. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I said the mayor because... Yeah, I was thinking, yeah. Because he made me laugh the most. He did make me laugh a lot. Yeah. So. That was a fun list. That is our class of 99 Mm -hmm. (laughs) superlatives. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the question for you, Jenny. Okay. Did you earn any superlatives in high school? Yes, I did. (laughs) Oh, what did you get? Class brain or something. Oh. I got the smartest kid. Was well, me. you should be proud of that. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, there's a picture in my yearbook. Do you think you've lived up to it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was... I, there's definitely... Uh, so all of ours in the yearbook were kind of like there was one girl and one guy. Um, there were definitely one to two girls that I would say were way smarter than me. Um, I just had better grades because I cared about it. Who was the guy who got, do, have I met this person? Um, I met, like, you have it, but he, know, so. he is friends with all those guys. Um, he okay. was crazy smart. Yeah, there's this guy named Matt. Okay. He was really smart. Much smarter than me. <laughs> uh, so I just you're saying that I just you just worked always. harder than everyone else. Mm, yeah. Because you're, you're saying, talking about all these people that were smarter than you, but you forget, I know where you ranked in your class. No, I know, but I'm saying, I, I think that there's an important distinction between being the smartest and getting the best grades. I got the best grades, hands down. That is not a question, but it was not because I was smarter. It was because I cared. I was smart enough, and I cared about getting good grades. Also, some people didn't, like, got knocked out of runnings for stuff because they got, like, a B and PE once. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just knew enough to not get a B in dumb classes. <laughs> uh, anyway, which superlatives did you get? I didn't get any because, <gasps> again, we've talked about this. I went to a high school of oh, right. 600 plus, pe- well, 2,500 plus students mm-hmm. and 600 plus in my class. And I moved in sophomore year and I only knew like 40 people Yeah, to the point where like I had to give a speech at graduation and like my friends all reported, they were all sitting in various parts of the audience because, you know, it's all alphabetical. Mm-hmm. And like pretty much all my friends were like, yeah, everyone around me was like, who's that girl? <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't winning anything. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually when I was home, uh, in the summer at my parents' house, I was going through our some of our old, like, drawers that have, like, old pictures and stuff, and I found the, um... So, at my high school, they did one in the yearbook was the one... That was, like, where I was in, where they did senior superlatives, but in the class... Pa- or, like, the school paper, they also did them, um, and those ones were a lot more, like, mean. <laughs> oh! Yeah, they were, like... They were really mean. It was a lot more judgy and stuff, but... 
I think, it, you know, it was meant to be funny, but like looking at it, I was cringing a lot. The only like, one what that, were the categories? Like there was like most likely to be on, um, like Playboy or like oh. stuff, it was stuff more like that. There was one that was pretty. The administration act- would kind of like not yeah. allow that. There was one about most likely to be hairstylist to the stars, and I won't say who it was, but the, you know who won that one. Oh, that was <laughs> one accurate one. I, I sent him a picture. I was like, "Oh my god, we knew even back then that you were great at styling hair." <laughs> oh, that's yeah, funny. But yeah, I guess they were pretty into senior superlatives. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay, so any final thoughts on seasons one through three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Or should you feel the need, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no further thoughts on that, uh, that incident. Um, Other than, you know, in terms of our Riverdale discussion <laughs> with yeah. Carrie, who knew? Right, right. <laughs> I did like Luke Perry in that. I guess I like Luke Perry and I didn't know that about myself until this year. <laughs> Or I started really going through his oeuvre. <laughs> I mean, I really have to say that, like, I think he seems to me now like the kind of actor that was born to grow up and play a dad. Yeah, but, like, yeah. all the characters that he played in the 90s, it I'm just like... hot teens. I don't really... I never really watched 90210 and thought, yeah. that Dylan McKay guy, he's a good actor. Right, right, right. <laughs> um... I mean, no, I don't think I have any, any thoughts that we haven't already covered. But I did really enjoy rewatching these seasons. And I think that if I had, you know, if I had to, I think I, I, I think you could section them off and only watch those and still have gotten a really good Buffy experience. Yeah. I think they on their own definitely stand up in terms of like TV worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, but I think, <clears throat> cause I think some of the more iconic episodes happen in season two and season three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you then add the remaining four seasons to it, that's when it becomes like, that's when you can add it to the list of greatest of all time. Yeah. And I guess, I guess as much as I'm saying, like you can just watch the earlier seasons, whenever people in the past have kind of made that argument to me, I do feel like you're missing out a lot if you don't watch the later seasons. I think that it is as much as like the metaphors hold together and it's a lot more, it's easier in these early seasons. But like I said, I mean, when you get older, I don't know. There is something nice about watching them try and deal with adulthood basically becomes the enemy of the later seasons. And I think that that's also a good a story worth telling. Absolutely. But I also think, you know, in terms of like part of what makes good TV, amazing TV is the willingness of the show to take risks. Yeah. And I think they do for take, sure yeah. turning your lead love interest into the bad guy is a risk. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think they did that early, but I think when, when you, skip the last four seasons you also miss the like stylistic risks and Mm -hmm. you know you miss out on like let's do an episode without any dialogue let's do a musical episode let's do an episode where we have no background music because everyone's emotionally devastated Mm -hmm. like you know it's like yeah um let's do a really crazy surreal season finale Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. i let's kill our main character like Right. These are all things that, um, oh, spoilers, <laughs> that, um, you know, I think add up to making this a really amazing show because mm-hmm. the show was never afraid of doing something that either hadn't been done or most shows wouldn't wouldn't do. And maybe you could argue, I mean, I don't know if it was being on the WB and being mm-hmm. sort of 
not held to the same rating standards right. as other other networks mm-hmm. and having a little bit more freedom. Not having to please the same types of people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. I think within the first three seasons, you could find examples of that. And also, it stands... I mean, even with the so-so first season, the ideas are there. Yeah. And the concepts are there. And For the, sure. The fundamentals are basically there. I mean, even in the first season, we have episodes like Angel and uh, Prophecy Girl mm-hmm. that are legitimately great episodes. Right. It's just all the growing pains around them. Right. So, um, yeah. Shoot. I had a thought about the future seasons, but I, it escapes me now. Um, I mean, are you, I don't want to say like, are you excited to watch the other seasons? Cause like, of course, but I feel like there's something there that I want to dig into. I'm, I'm having a hard time verbalizing it though. Hmm. Oh, well, well, I'll answer. I, I am. I think the fourth season is one that at the time I watched it, I was not as into because mm-hmm. I think it has the typical growing pains of moving yeah. the cast of characters from high school to college. And yeah. I think the chosen direction of, say, the the main villains for that mm-hmm. season were a little questionable. But I also think some of my favorite episodes are in season four. Yeah. Some of my favorite character um, journeys are in season four. Mm-hmm. Some of the new characters we meet are great, and um, generally, I think the more I watch it, if you if I don't focus on the actual, like I say, if I if I forget about the initiative, like mm-hmm. everything There's else other good is stuff. great. Yeah, yeah, I think like, you're right. You know, we get Spike back, and we right. get, you know, I, I'm excited to dive into it for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess that is essentially what I was asking. Um, I feel the same way. I'm also really excited for in particular to watch the first two episodes um, for the appearance of another minor side character uh, who used to help uh, us do Pilates. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we I have will a couple talk of about weird that. personal stories about season four, actually. There's a couple of weird episodes where I've like got... I saw that actress on a commercial recently. Me too. And I was like, uh, every time. I forget like, what it was, but I was like, oh, I should do Pilates. It's really funny. <laughs> Um, oh, I know what I wanted to say earlier, too. I think what is, again, one of the things that's kind of working for Buffy that, it, uh, you know, any show that starts in high school has this struggle when it gets to college. And I don't think Buffy is not an exception. I think season four definitely has some of the lower lows in the whole work. Um, but I also feel like what one of the things that it has going for it is kind of like we're, like I was saying, like, I feel like the theme of the second half of the show is that instead she's dealing with demons that are adult things that adults face. And I think that what works in the show's favor is the fact that Buffy has had to grow up quickly (laughs) by virtue of, of having the whole world's, you know, future repeatedly foist upon her shoulders. You know, she has, she, she's still obviously immature and has, has things about her that are, she's obviously young, but at the same time, she's had to make a lot of really difficult choices, even in her teenage years. And so I feel like it's a more natural, by the time they sort of get them just into adulthood, I think it's not so jarring, even though they're really only still 19, 20. I guess all shows treat their characters that way. I guess I'm just trying to say that I feel like it has more legs to stand on. I think it's, not jarring if you don't think about how old they actually are. Right, that too. (laughs) Um, I think Dawson's Creek had a similar situation Mm -hmm. where Pacey was like a stockbroker. And when you stopped and thought about it, you were like, he's like 20. Yeah. Like, maybe. Um, The WB in general apparently had this problem. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I agree. Like, I think the jump from adolescent to adult 
kind of already happened. In right. Terms of it it is sort of part of the story with. already. So, right. You're just throwing in a couple more stories of like, how do I pay the rent mm-hmm. or how do I, mm-hmm. you know, um, have this adult relationship right. or, you know, how do I deal with, you know, a death in the family and right. stuff like that. Right. So, um, so yeah, I guess I'm looking I, forward to those moments, not looking forward yeah, to them. Some of them are sad, but you know, I think you're right. I think now emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, I'm more in a place to identify mm-hmm. with those than with perhaps like, oh no, I slept through my history exam. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although that, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. That <laughs> is a recurring, a recurring dream nightmare. that I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would think like this many years out of high school, I wouldn't still be worried about whether I did the homework. Totally. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, okay. Uh, we will be taking a two week break. Mm-hmm. And enjoying the holidays, and I hope everyone listening enjoys their various holidays as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be eating too much food at Jenny's house. It's true. <laughs> as will I. <laughs> yeah. I haven't trained this year. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I really killed myself last year, too. Ugh. Yeah. I'll, I'll be better this year. Always a struggle. It is. Um, okay, so, but we'll be back with episodes one and two of... No, no, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. Episodes one, <laughs> and one. of season four of Buffy and the pilot of Angel. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a little bit different to talk about. And are we going to have a guest? Is that? No. I don't not. think. Okay. I don't, you know, hard to say. <laughs> well, we I'll be at my parents' house, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see I mean, who we, we can my dad into on our show. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> mystery guest. Maybe a mystery uh, Part guest. of the mystery is whether they exist. Mm-hmm. So. Um, okay. Um, well, do you have any, well, you know what? I would ask you if you have pop culture this week and perhaps you do, but I feel like we've mentioned Riverdale too many times to <laughs> <Yes>. not, <laughs> Riverdale. not reiterate Riverdale. that if you are not currently watching Riverdale, you should be watching Riverdale, uh, so good. especially if you enjoy Buffy. As long, yeah. As long as you have any penchant for CW shows and then I think it's excellent. As I told Ginny earlier, if you think you would enjoy the love child of Vampire Diaries and Dawson's Creek, you should be watching Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I am waiting for the episode where James Vanderbeek co-stars and Alice Cooper <laughs> oh can tell him again how terrible he is at filmmaking. Oh, that would be wonderful. Oh, man. So many dreams to come true still. Um, yes. I kind of mentioned this in passing and I don't think this is like a real groundbreaking recommendation, but I did finish watching all of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is the like new Amy Sherman Palladino show that's on Amazon. And I will admit that at first I, I mean, it's, it's very engaging and it's fun to watch. So like it, it immediately is a sort of show that you can, you can put it on and it's fun from the beginning or it, you know, it's entertaining in the best way. Um, I did kind of have some ups and downs with it in the, in the first couple of episodes. Um, but by the time I got to the end, I like got to the last episode, didn't realize it was the last episode. Then I was really mad that there wasn't another one. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I have been sold on this. Um, I, I think like that's that, par for the course for mm-hmm. a Palladino show though. Yeah. So like def- there are highs and lows. Yeah. There's definitely things to critique about it, but on the whole, it's kind of like watching Mad Men where it's fun to be in New York in this late fifties or, you know, going into the early sixties, except since it's about a woman, it's, you don't have to see as much of the like horrible sexism and stuff. Not to say that that was an important part of Mad Men, but you know what I mean? It was like, Oh, I get to live in this fantasy world, except even a little bit more so. Um, and it's very like whimsical and charming and you know, it's, it's funny. Um, yeah, I think it was really enjoyable. I, I, I'm looking forward to another season of it. 
cool. Though there were some moments in the last episode that were like almost not funny, not quite in the same humorous way, but like cringeworthy decisions that people made where I was like, oh my God, I might have to literally look away from the screen because I can't watch people (laughs) self-destruct this hard. Um, But yeah. I am. So I definitely want to watch it and I, I just haven't gotten to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously as a fan of Gilmore Girls and Bunheads, like I... I do want to check it out. Um, is it a half hour show or is it? A I think full they're full hours, hour? but okay. there's only that eight would... or not. It's, it was pretty short ep- okay. count episode count. Uh, to be honest, good. Cause yeah. I, the one complaint I always had about Gilmore girls was I wish they had a little more structure mm-hmm. to the seasons. Mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit, sometimes a little too much filler, especially definitely mm-hmm. in later seasons. Yeah. Um, so I think, they would benefit from that. So yeah. I will have to add that closer to the top of my list. But yeah. I plan to start watching more TV again in January when I finish mm-hmm. reading all the books I want to read for the year. Yeah. Yeah. You have some um, high goals. Yeah. And also obviously my TV budget right now is taken up by Riverdale. So. <laughs> Makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, one of your pop culture recommendations paid off. Yay. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to do a little spin on our normal okay. like sign-off, So, but I'll ask you, because I actually haven't really thought this through. Okay. <laughs> but for the first three seasons, mm-hmm. what team are you on? Team Spike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was planning this from the, from the beginning. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to say Team Willow. Okay. Because I, she really was fair. like the voice of reason a lot of the times and like, Save the day. You're so. right. I know you're right. I just wanted to say my thing. <laughs> you were, hey, no, no shame, Jenny. I still you are allowed it. to be Team Spike. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Jenny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.